Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Who's Your Band? Joining us today, uh, we have from Great White, Mitch Malloy, lead singer. Hey, White Teeth. <laughs> and, of course, I am joined by my handsome baby boy, Sean Morton. Look at him. I'm, Look I'm him. so jealous of Mitch's hair. Oh, let me tell you something. Mitch, Mitch's hair. Mitch, off the, were you always this fucking cool? <laughs> yeah, it came out this way. You're, already, you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> That's great. What kind of guitar is that? Uh, this is not a Gibson. Not a Gibson? <laughs> nope. Nice. But it looks like one. That's a nice one, actually. I just got uh, an ESP 401. Okay, so Japanese. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very chunky. It's very chunky. I like the sound of it. Yeah, ESP is a Japanese company. I had a, I had a Les Paul. I had a Les Paul years ago, which I bought off eBay. And uh, don't ever buy a guitar on eBay is all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I have done. But oh. Japanese, the Japanese are probably my favorite guitars. It's what I have mostly in my collection. Nice. This is Japanese. How, how many do you have? Uh, I just sold a whole bunch. I just moved to Florida, so I... Got I purged, so I think I'm down to like thirty something. Oh, G only. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> Being me is very, very rough. <laughs> I have Difficult. eight. I have eight, and I'm losing my shit. I have no more space for them. Yeah. Thirty at the end of the apartment. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Uh, before we get started, uh, Mitch, I, ha I have to say, uh, somebody says hello. Um, I was with Don Jameson last night. Oh, cool. He says he says hello. He gives sends his regards to you. Um, yeah. So what have you been doing, man, to stay creative during this uh, this whole time off, this layoff? I started, you know, just writing songs. Uh, you know, I have a, a recording studio that I'm sitting in, and um, I can write songs, you know, luckily. So and I can record them all by myself, luckily. So I I had started off doing that. I recorded two songs for for Great White, wrote and recorded two songs for Great White, and um, and then you know I shifted gears a little bit with the whole shutdown of everything. I thought I'm going to have to start doing some acoustic shows. Have so you been I doing did, that? Yeah, I did yeah. a little bit of a little bit of that, and um, I thought, okay, so I need some more material you know i had a zillions of songs but they're all my songs so i thought you know it might be cool if i learned some covers like what could because i didn't really i haven't you know most musicians started doing covers and that's true for me too but i stopped doing that like 30 years ago or something you know what i mean like i stopped doing that a long time ago so I didn't really have the whole cover thing, you know? People say, oh, can you come up and sing some, such and such, you know, some hit song? I'm like, no, I have no idea how it goes. Yeah. So, so I'm unique in that way. So I, I thought, what, what's one of my favorite songs? Aerosmith Dream On, one of my favorite songs. So, so I learned it on acoustic, which is almost impossible for me, but I did it. And I recorded it. So, uh, Aerosmith, Dream On. What else did you have you been uh, uh, practicing? Um, it's mostly my stuff. Um, 
I, I thought, you know, maybe I should do some Van Halen because I have a, a bit of a Van Halen, you know, past people know about. Well, yeah, I want to ask you about that. But um, it, I'm curious though about the the the, the songs that you learned. You, you you're going out. You're trying to you know you know play some uh, acoustic gigs. You know what did you have to pick up? What classic songs did you uh, wind up choosing? Yeah, well, I thought maybe Ice Cream Man would be an obvious one because it's an mm -hmm. like an acoustic Van Halen thing. So that one, also, um, um, Somebody by Aerosmith um, off the first album was a huge uh, you know song that is a huge to me. I, the first Aerosmith album for me is quite possibly my favorite record. Like if I had to choose one record, that one might be it, you know? Mm. So, so I really like that one. And, uh, you know, and then the rest is probably just my stuff. Maybe some great white stuff, obviously. People expect that. Um, yeah. But before we get into Aerosmith, like you alluded, um, you know, you're you're singing in Great White and Great White, man. Uh, you know, be, you know, uh, after you know Jack Russell and the band split a little bit. You know, you had uh, Johnny Lane from Warren uh, uh, right. sing lead and Paul Shortino from Rough Cut. How did you wind up getting the gig? You know, in Great White. I just begged them. No, no, <laughs> that's not um, true. <laughs> no, it's not true at all. I had no idea they were looking for a singer. Actually, it all happened. Uh, very organically, I'd have to say. Um, you know, Michael Wagoner is a friend of mine. And he didn't really have anything to do with with the me getting the job. Uh, it, it was just he needed singers. Uh, they were making a record with him in Nashville. And he needed uh, more singers for some songs, like, you know, for group vocals and stuff. Um, and he called me and I've been to a studio a number of times. And like I said, we're friends. He's a great guy. I love Michael. And, um, so when I got there, they seemed to know who I was, which surprised me. I'd never met them before. Um, I'm always surprised when anybody knows who I am. <laughs> it's, I, I guess that it's getting less and less like that because I'm getting more known, I guess people come up to me in the airports and a lot now and stuff like that so it's getting kind of normal but then it wasn't really so normal so i was surprised you do that kind of stand out a little bit you get, yeah i don't you, i don't you blend. That cool, cool rock star vibe yeah i don't really blend i try but i it's hard so uh yeah so anyway i sang on their record and then uh, i was on the cruise uh, monsters of rock cruise you know solo right. mitch malloy and uh they asked me to come up and sing you know, just as a goof, you know, just like sing backgrounds again, you know, and I did that. And that was really cool. And then um, I had a really nice studio business going, you know, I had some pretty major clients, I did some work with Taylor Swift and people, you know, some really great people in Nashville and that I worked really hard to make that into a career and and i and i had done that and uh, so I, I had a successful uh, production engineering mixing mastering career at studio in nashville and um i had been doing that then so long and i just started getting really burnt on it and and i had i was booked a year and a half like in advance 
So I had a really successful business there. But I just didn't want to do it anymore. Like I just got burned on it. And I walked into my wife's office one day and I said, you know what? Send the deposits back. I, I can't do this anymore. I, I need to shift gears. I can't. And she was like, ah! you know, so. And then about two weeks after that, I called uh, our agent, my, my agent and Great White had the same agent. I called him and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm shutting my studio down. I'm tired of that. I, I want to start playing more live stuff. So if some shows come in for me, because I had told him previous, don't book me unless it's M3 or Monsters of Rock Cruise. Or, do you like touring, Mitch? Yeah, I, I, I do. But I, I had told him to not book, you know, I only want to do a few shows a year kind of thing because I just don't have time. You know, because once you shift gears into live mode as a solo rock act, I have to assemble a band. I have to rehearse them. I have, it's a lot of work. You know, it's a, how long to does shift, that take? How long to would shift that take? Into that, to, well, I get great guys. So, you know, they pretty much do their homework and then we come in and we rehearse a little bit and we go. But it's still a shift of gears. I have to shift gears. I have to relearn the songs, you know. It's, it's like putting on a different hat, you know? Right, right. Um, it'd be maybe sort of like if, I mean, maybe this isn't a great analogy, but if you're a pro athlete and you're in football and then suddenly you were going to play basketball or something like that, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to, like it's a different uniform kind of thing. Different skill set. So um, it just takes a bit. So I didn't like doing it so much. If I had a career as a solo artist where I was just pounding it out and I was constantly going, that'd be great. But that never really happened for me. And I wasn't willing to just kill myself and go out and do that when I had the skill of being able to produce and stay home. And then I had a baby girl. So that made me want to stay home even more. And so I really shifted, shifted gears into the home life be a good dad, stay home, be a producer, all that. So after many, many years of that, then I just got burned on that. My little girl was getting a bit older, so I could afford to maybe go out and do some more shows. So I made the call to the agent, said so. So then like a week after I made that call, he calls me back and he says, would you be interested in being the singer of Great White? And I was like, like it was very left field for me. Like it never, the thought never entered my mind not once. Seriously. Right. But that that was the same with Van Halen too. That never, but you know, that We'll get that into Van Halen in, we'll get into them yeah. in a bit. Yeah. But, but did, you, I, did you, you knew Mark Kendall, right? Only from meeting him in the studio when I sang oh, on. okay. Yeah, that was the first oh. time I met him. And he goes, hey man, yeah, I saw the Van Halen thing. And that's really cool, man. And that was it. I mean, it wasn't, there was no like, hey, uh, what do you, what do you think that's about her? Like, that's I don't a tremendous think were, leap of faith on his uh, part, don't you think? I don't think they were even, but see, when I actually met them physically the first time, I don't think they, I mean, you'd have to ask them, but I don't think they were thinking about having me be their singer. I don't, I don't think that entered their mind. I think that what happened was they came and saw my show 
on the cruise. And that's when their wheels started turning. Like that voice, that look would work for us. Now, you know, I don't know that for a fact. I never asked them, but I was told that some of them were at my show. So, so how was they, it when you guys finally got together? I mean, did, did it click right away? Was it, was it, was it just like, it, it just felt natural, just felt organic, did it just work? Or did you have to work at it? No, so here's, so, so here's the thing. So once I told our agent, like, yeah, let's, let's explore that. But then being a producer, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if I really hear me working with that band. Mm. Like I, I'm not sure I hear this voice working with their music. So I was like auditioning the situation as well as they were auditioning. You know what I mean? Like, sure, of course. Because I've been in this situation before where I had to say no to bands that were actually much, much bigger than Grey One. But <laughs> just because I didn't think it was going to work. But so what I asked them to send me some backing tracks of them and I just put my voice in the studio and then see. So they did. And I started with, yeah, well, you know, so I started with rock me cause that's, you know, Great when you're song. a producer, when you're a producer engineer and this is what you do and you understand that the studio is the real is the microscope. The studio is the truth, you know, the like there's no excuses in the studio. So it's a whole different world than live. It's much, much more difficult, the studio. So, and it makes musicians better. It makes singers better. It makes guitar players better. It makes every, the studio is like, wow. If you get good in the studio, the live is much, much easier. So that was my thinking so i put my voice on rock me and i honestly could not believe it i couldn't believe that the sound of my voice worked on that song and i sent it to them and they were like are you fucking kidding me was the response that i got in text when they listen you know and i was like they i know it. right yeah they just were like I think they, because they were maybe a little doubtful too. I, I don't know, but I certainly was. I, and it's funny because I've had fans come up to me since being in the band for now two years. Right, you joined and, in 2018. Yeah, it's two years. Yeah, so so I had several fans come up to me going, you know, after the show, like they'll see me after the show and they'll be like, you know, I was really, I didn't know. I honestly was very doubtful that you would, fit with them but man do you fit with them yeah you know what i mean so it's like it's one of those things where you know and i have to say i think michael lardy was was the one who really heard it first like he heard it i think he came to my show that night on the cruise and and was listening to me and heard the tone of my voice and thought that works with us and he was right and so, it, so the two years before the pandemic and everything, no problems. It was great, right? You enjoying yourself. Everything was working out. You know, it's great been, shows. It's been gangbusters from the sh show one, and you know, it's just been, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know, man. It just works. And you guys have been getting out and playing a little bit too. Yeah, we've we've done two pandemic shows. We've done two social distance shows. 
one more social distance than the other. <laughs> is that the show in North, North Dakota? North Dakota, my hometown, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that where you're from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just show up and we do, you know, we just do our thing and, you know, it's up to them what happens in the crowd and what, you know what I mean? It's not. Right, it's the venue's responsibility. Yeah, we don't make the rules. We're just <laughs> rock musicians, man. How was, how was that? The, the people must have been loving to say, because because Sean and I are both uh, stand-up comedians. And oh, cool. We've been out and we've been doing our shows. And I got to tell you, what it hasn't been a show that people haven't been appreciative and want to be there. They want to come out. You know, you know, they're, they're missing yep. normalization. Yes. Yeah. It's been it's been fantastic. I mean, that first show in North Dakota was was a real it was a show that I'll never forget because it was in my hometown. And here I am coming back to my hometown in great white, you know. So right, right. it was like you could not see the end of the crowd. Like it was like. And, wow thousands thousands of people that's gotta be a little scary though too though i mean considering the you no know, considering the, the climate that we're going through though don't you think yeah it was a little tense it was a bit tense yeah that that aspect of it was a little tense and a little strange admittedly um and then we just did a show saturday that has been our next show and that was a drive-in show in kentucky and so it's cars and it's like, they call it like a tailgate party. Yeah. So, mm, but the thing is, you know, it's outdoors again, they're both were outdoors. So it's outdoors and, you know, we're all wearing masks during the sound checking and everything like that and just not wearing it for the show. But the crowd was behind the soundboard. Right. And their oh, like, wow. cars are outside of the car. So we could barely see them and barely hear them. There were thousands of them and they were there to see us. And they were they were loud, but they were so far away <laughs> that I was like, <laughs> yeah, <"Louder!"> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've we've done uh, those parking lot shows, too. And as a comedian, I'm sure the same thing with music musicians is that you know, part of it is like you want them on top of you because you want to be able to connect. And yeah. you're in a car, how do you connect? Yeah, and you know, rock and roll is a contact sport, man. Like it's Same all about, comedy. yeah, it's all about uh, emotion, connectivity, uh, uh, energy. Absolutely. And, and you guys haven't seen me on stage, but you know, I'm, I, my heroes are like David Lee Roth and, and, and uh, Steven Tyler and, you know, those guys who are very, very physical frontmen. Mm -hmm. And that's how I am on stage. And it, it's when the girls are packed in and they're just go going crazy. It's just, it's amazing, right? So to not have that, it's still cool. I mean, we still did our show and it's still, you know, nice big production and all that. Um, and, you know, sound sounded the same to us, you know, but to not have that immediate, those people right there. Yeah, it's very strange. A, it's a very strange feeling. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Now you, you alluded before about Van Halen and after listening to my therapy, I can definitely, <laughs> definitely hear you in Van Halen. 
Um, so I guess the big question is, you turn them down. Is that the story? Yeah, so, well, it's, it's a little, it's pretty complicated, actually. Um, First of all, let's start from the beginning. How did they, did, did they reach out to you? Did they hear you? Yes. Yeah, they reached out to me. That's insane. So you, so you haven't seen the documentary or you have seen it? I, I have not seen it yet. Oh, okay. Well, you should watch that. It's because that tells the story way better than I can tell the story. It's called Mitch Malloy Van Halen's Lost Boy. It's on YouTube mm. and it's viral. It's nearly 2 million, I think, views. Um, it's really well laid out. The company that did it did an amazing job. And it really shows kind of what happened, how it happened. Um, but yeah, they reached out to me. What happened was um, my ex-road manager, Steve Hoffman, went to work for Ray Daniels in Canada, who's Rush's manager. And Ray was becoming Van Halen's new manager. And so and they were having have a connection to Eddie as well. Al. So Ray's sister is married to Al. That's it. Right. Okay. I knew there was something family related yeah. there. So, so it was kind of going to be three against two, you know, in, in a type of vote. Well, not even that so much. It's just, um, I mean, Ray loved me, uh, you know, Steve introduced him to me uh, via my work, you know, um, and he was like, oh, my God, that's that's the guy. That's that's I me. Mean, he kind of sounds a bit like Sammy, looks a little bit like Sammy and Dave. And, you know, yeah. He's, yeah. So so they called and <clears throat> and then they flew me out there and. Uh, it was it was cool, you know, but then the whole thing with the MTV with David Lee Roth happened. They did that. That was right after I was supposed to be in the band. So that was got, it kind of like a handshake agreement at this point. Yeah, uh, it was actually beyond that. I mean, like I said, Mitch Malloy, Van Halen's Lost Boy. I watched that. Okay. Um, it was beyond a handshake agreement. I mean, we didn't sign anything and there were no lawyers or anything like that, but it was congratulations, you're in the band. You met the guys, you jammed oh. with them, you guys vibed, everything was cool. Congratulations, you're in the band, kiss, kiss, hug. Wow. And then, then they go so on. So it's beyond everything was cool. <laughs> it went wow. a little beyond that. Yeah. Um, and then they went on the MTV thing with David Lee Roth and things just got really wonky and like, what is going on? And um, I had some other, I, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of person that doesn't like uh, conflict and, uh, and I know in, in any, you know, professional situation, there's always conflict and there's always people doing that. And it's, you know, Within reason, it's okay. But just for me, the writing on the wall was like, this isn't going to work because what they're saying and what they're doing. And I just made the decision to walk away. Not an that easy takes decision. A lot of, that takes a lot of balls, let me tell you. 
Yeah, well, I just, I had other things going on. You but know what, what I mean? mean what, but I mean, you're talking about in American rock music, you're talking about one of the top five American all-time rock bands. So to, just, just to simply say, you know what? It's not going to work. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, like Sean says, that took a tremendous amount yeah. of ball, a lot of courage, you know, a lot of faith in yourself. Yeah, well, that's the that's the thing that people I think miss. You know, they don't understand who I am as a person. They don't understand, and it's not like I'm just like some crazy egomaniac a hole. It's just I have self respect. You know your worth. And yeah, you know. Well, a lot of people, people, a lot of people don't know their worth. But I mean, I mean, the money had to be insane and and you know the, yeah. the the amount of fame and you just yeah. like you just said no i mean you seem like just for the short amount of time that we've been talking to you you seem like a guy with a tremendous amount of uh integrity thank that, you that, that, that's what i pick up off of you yeah i agree with that thank you thank you thank you yeah yeah and, and i think you know hopefully when people meet me they understand that and and they don't just think it's all bull or whatever, you know? So, but you know, there was a big band I don't before get that. Them. I don't get that from you at all. In fact, uh, you come off as extremely authentic. Like, like what you say is what you mean. Like you, you know, you're, you're not that stereotypical eighties, like, yeah, hey, you know, uh, headband <laughs> rock star. You, you seem like you have a, like a lot of depth to you. Thank you, sir. I, I, I had, you know, good parents and, uh, you know, my dad was a federal judge and a really good guy. And, uh, yeah, he was he was a good guy. So he's he's long gone now, but but uh I appreciate you saying that. And you know, like I said, before Van Halen there was another huge band that I didn't take. Can you um, tell us? I probably shouldn't. Uh, right? no, listen, no, no one listens to this anyway. Does it <laughs> does it rhyme does it rhyme with nuns and noses? I <laughs> know. Okay. No. No, no, and you're no. saying that because Mitch also does like he, he, you did like a a, a a version of you could be mine on a on a tribute album, ah, didn't you? Yeah, that's my that favorite was, uh, song by Van uh, by Van Halen, by Guns N' Roses, or Guns N' Roses, whatever. Uh, that was just a uh, weird thing. I had met Fred Corey from Cinderella, the drummer mm -hmm. from Cinderella, and yep. he and Fred is really active as a producer as well, and he was doing all kinds of different things he's a super creative guy um and he's doing like you know movie soundtracks and tv stuff in his studio and he's doing all kinds of stuff he's really well connected and talented um beyond you know being a rock drummer um and he just called me one day and he goes i'm doing this uh cover uh guns and roses thing and the songs that are left or are available are you know a b or c i don't remember what they were um and he said how would you feel about doing you could be mine i said well i don't know it but i'll give it a shot you know so i drove over to his place he was living in nashville i was living in nashville drove over to his place and you know i had the lyric and we just threw up a mic and wow you know i just nice. went for it i went it came out pretty good i guess i don't know Will, will you agree with me that Nashville is probably the best party city in the United States? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And I'm not really a partier, so I left. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I, I left uh, a year and a half ago. Where are you now? Florida, I'm in Florida. Yeah. I live in Florida. Yeah, what part? Best in Florida. Okay. So, so what was this? What was the other band? <laughs> There's more than one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and they're all. If this guy too. tells me that he turned down Van Halen, Kiss, and a Led Zeppelin reunion, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna fly down to Florida and punch him in the face. I swear to Christ. Yeah. Could it could be no. Zeppelin? Was it Zeppelin? No, That's but it. you know what? No, dude, there was. Remember when Zeppelin was thinking about uh, doing something with the new singer? Yeah. I my hat was in the ring for that, and wow. I, and and it never happened. But I think I was on a a list of some sort because I was. I knew people who knew Jimmy and, and I th so I was presented to, I never spoke to any of them or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying that I was, <laughs> you know, that I was even close to being in Zeppelin, but, but I think maybe they saw my name at least or something, but, but no, Zeppelin is not one of them. Not that big, <laughs> but pretty big. He's going to tease this the whole episode. You know what I mean? And then he's, going to, he's going to drop half the name of the band and then disconnect his iPhone. You know what I think, Sean? I think he already told us the name of the band. I think, I think, think, think about it. Like, let's put the timeline together. Okay. Um, listen, Mitch looks great. He looks great. He, look, he looks every part the rock. Okay. But there was a time when Steven Tyler left uh, Aerosmith. And man, they could, right? They were thinking about him leaving Aerosmith. And I think he may have even left at one point. And they wanted to, didn't Aerosmith want to go on tour? And who else? Who else besides the one and only Mitch Malloy? That's not it. That's not it. But I did hear about that. And I was sort of eh, submitted for that. <laughs> like, I probably got closer to Zeppelin than I did to Aerosmith. Really? <laughs> So so here's, a question. so here's a question. So there's yeah. no great white right yeah. now, right? And it's just Mitch Malloy as the singer. And you can pick yeah. your entire band mm. from different bands. Who is your ultimate band that you put together? Because this question came to me one time. If I, could, if I could be in one band, who would I pick? And I would replace Izzy Stradlin from yeah. Guns N' Roses. So if you could pick your own band, like your super group, who would it be? And it could be dead too. Doesn't matter. Let's start with guitar player. Well, Who, that, who's your guitarist? That, probably Gary Moore. Wow. Oh wow! Good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Okay. Yeah. If then I now. could, you know, if I could have any guitar player, God, Gary Moore is so good. <laughs> you know. Um, He's one of my favorites. Um, of course, Eddie is a huge, I'm a huge, huge fan of his work and his playing. And he's just a genius. Um, Was he cool when you met him? You know, oh yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. He's, he treated me like I was in the family. Like he just, you know, it was instant chemistry. And, um, you know, it's funny cause I got out of the limo and we're we're LA and and uh, I get out of the limo and I have my sunglasses on and, and he's like take off your glasses I want to see your eyes so he actually took off my glasses 
and looked into my eyes and he was like, awesome. And then he like hugged me, you know, it was like, he was, it's so funny. Cause at one point, I think it was, it was the first day and we were about to start playing and he goes, God, I'm so nervous. He <laughs> said that I was to you. Like, I was like, you don't get to say that. <laughs> you do not get to say that to me. You are Eddie Van Halen. This is Van Halen. I'm just some schlump singer. <laughs> like, you don't get, I was like, what? You know, and then he goes, he goes, yeah, but we don't do this. You know, we don't, this is not something we do, you know? And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. I said, but that's a very, that's a I'm more point, nervous though. than you just. So when you guys uh, yeah. Get get, I mean, you know, you guys got together, and what it's an insight. To? It's, a, it's an insight into him too. It's an insight sure. into the fact that he's just a dude. He's just a, he's a brilliant, brilliant musician, but he's just a guy, you know, he's just, um, we, we started with Panama. He asked me what song I want to do first. And I said, Panama. Nice. Eddie was here. So we were facing the console. We're in, standing in 5150. So we're looking at the console, looking through the window. Al was out in his drum room, which is where he always is, you know, uh, and Ed was standing here and Mike was standing here. And so for the backgrounds, I just leaned into Mike and he sang backgrounds, you know, into my mic. It was very rock and roll. It was very, I wish we had it on video, man. Ugh. Are there, See, are there any recordings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you had watched Lost Boy, you would know that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna, I'm now, I'm gonna watch it. And uh, and and our whole okay. two vi uh, listeners are gonna watch it as well. Um, Listen, Mitch. There's one thing you may not know, and I'm not sure. Like we did our research, but I don't know if you did our research on us. But first time that I ever sang in a band, uh, <laughs> one of the first five songs that I did was Panama as well. Right on. Right yeah. on. Did you do any uh, Sammy uh, stuff with uh, with Van Halen? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, Why can't this be love? Oh, great song! Love. And and dreams. Oh, it's oh, such a great. God. I can oh, hear. Goodness. I can really see you pulling that song yeah. off. Yeah, and we did dreams after sort of the audition was over, and he was like, "Yes, yes, you're awesome!" Ah! And then. Uh, like he, they went and did something and uh, Valerie came in and Valerie was amazing. Like so nice. You're the second and, guest in a row to say that. And she said to me, they're so excited. Ed loves you. He's so excited. You know what I mean? It was like, because how else are you going to know that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, so that. And then, you, and then you broke his heart, Mitch. That calmed me down. And then he came back in and then we were out in the studio and he goes, hey, come here. Do you know Dreams? And I was like, well, you know, I didn't really work on it because he didn't ask me to, but I could probably fake my way through it. So we sat down at the piano and he started playing it and I sang. And and at the end of the first chorus, he just stopped and, and he goes, uh, I shouldn't say this. Say it. He, say it. <laughs> this is going to make me look like an idiot, though. He said, you sounded better than Sammy. It's okay. We can say it. Okay. You said it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for picking up on that, John. That he said, he said that. And I was just like, huh. you know, I was just like, whatever, you know, uh, now I'm angry. Now I wish, why couldn't you join the band? Oh my well, God. That, I would have loved to have heard that. You know what? This is kind of a generic answer. Maybe 
a little bit chicken shit, but it wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be. Like it just wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it just Absolutely. wasn't. It just Absolutely. didn't feel. Boy. Yeah, it just. I, I mean, if, if he called now, things might be different. But you know, I'm I'm committed to Great White, and and I'm happy doing that. But you know, it just at that time, it just wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they were quite settled on. You know, I think Ray being their manager was a new thing, and it was just. It was so they were struggling with the whole David Lee Roth thing, and you know, I mean, that had to be hard for them too, because you know, obviously, Dave was proven, you know, right. but they—it's so funny because people see the documentary, and I think they some of the people get the wrong idea and think that Dave actually was coming back into the band, but that was never happening. It did happen years later. Years later. Ed did call me. We, you know, rekindled a friendship, and he was calling me a lot. Um, right around the time, coincidentally, that Gary departed, um, and Ed asked me what I thought that he should do. I personally, like as his friend, like, what do you think I should do? He said, and I said, honestly, and he goes, yeah, and I said, get Dave back, mm. and he did. Interesting. And I thought did. Gary kind of got the um, he he got kind of like a I guess kind of like a raw deal like like a lot of people dump on Gary and I didn't think it was entirely his fault and I didn't think that record was that bad you know the way people kind of like make it out to be yeah you know I, I understand Gary's predicament because I was presented with the same music so I love Ed and I think he's a genius and I think he's written some of the best rock and roll in the history of rock and roll. But the music he was writing then, I, I didn't really understand. He was trying to do something different, I think. And I wasn't tapping into exactly what that was. And maybe Gary had this felt, you know, had the same fate with that. I don't I like know. reinventing himself a little bit. Yeah, I think that he was wanting to do that. And I completely get that because you get sick of doing the same thing. As an artist, art is, is something that should be changing and should be developing and growing and and he's an artist. So yeah. You know. So what are you listening to these days now? You you're driving around. What do you what do you listen to now? What's anything new? You going back listen to old old music? Yeah, I don't really listen to anything new. I don't generally hear anything new that makes me go, yeah. Um you know, I, I, which in a way disappoints me because I think that I'm just like, you know, a typical dumbass who just is stuck in his ways. But but I like what I like. And, I, you know, I'm the same as everybody else. I like what I grew up on. And, you know, I mean, okay, occasionally I hear new people that can sing their butts off and people that can play like amazing or, you know, but I haven't heard a band in the last, I don't know how long where I went, Oh, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Greta like, Van happen. Fleet didn't do it for you? I, I, there's a part of what they do that really does it for me, but it's that they sound like Zeppelin. That's the part oh. of them that I love. I don't, I haven't been able to go on the journey with them at least yet. 
and be and love what they're doing as them. I love what they did, what they were doing as Van, as uh, Zeppelin. Right. It's like, oh, so. It's just, it's just too much of a carbon copy for me. Yeah, I agree. But I still like that. You know, you're asking me to, you know, what I like about it. That's what I like about it. I don't think that they have come into their own as artists. Sure, they're very young too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like so pop a, evil a little bit too. You ever check them yeah, out? I've heard of them, but I don't know them. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of like the good mix of uh, like old, like the the tail end of the '80s hair metal and more okay. of like the uh, the harder rock of the late '90s, early 2000s. They're pretty good. I just okay. think any any band that's playing live music and not with tracks and and it's just again genuine. That's that, that that's a, I want to go out and support. Because it really seems like we're getting away from that. And even like in live performances, like, you know, I was excited. I wanted to see Kiss. But then when I heard, you know, a lot of the concert was backing tracks and almost yeah. just playing to a record, that really turned me off. And I didn't, I, I kind of like checked out on it. I didn't go. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, you know, we don't do that with Great White. We're, we're up there playing. And in fact, uh, we just had a, a, a a DVD come out that I produced uh, as a live show that we did very early on with them. Uh, I think it was my eighth show or something like that. Um, but that just came out and um, it's authentic, you know, it's, it's us. And I kept saying that to them, like, I want it to be real. I want it to be, you know, obviously I'm going to make it sound as great as I can, but I want it to be those performances, you know, and it right. is. And then back in, in high school, you, you know, you you were a rock star back in, in your high school, right? With, <laughs> with Lightning? Was that yeah, the name of your first band? Yeah, 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 yeah. So age 12, I just got the bug and thought. Who was, uh, who was it that you saw that said, man, that changed my life. I got to be, I, I'm going to go into music. That's going to be my career. You know, at age six, I was picked to start singing like the solos in the school presentations. So, and then age nine, I was picked by the church to sing solos. And um, so it just kind of organically happened. I didn't know how to play an instrument. So age 12, my brother had gotten a guitar for Christmas and I took his guitar and started playing it. And I could just, I could almost play guitar from the first time I picked it up, like it was you right from ear. Huh? Yeah, it didn't come as natural as singing did, but close. Um, and I am definitely not the guitar player that I am the singer, yeah, but but I'm a pretty good guitar player. But but anyway, yeah, I just so age twelve, I thought you know what, I want to form a band, and it wasn't. I didn't actually ever see a rock show until I was I think fifteen. And who was that? That was Heart. Oh, God. My yeah, first right show. On. Yeah, it was the, yeah, it was the, uh, uh, not Dream, uh, what's the, what was the tour? Um, Dreamboat Annie? No, it was after that, um, when they were dressed in, like, sort of. Was this, like mid was this late 70s or mid 80s? Yeah, late, like, 70s. So they were, like, tights and mandolins and smoke yeah. and. 
Oh man, they, they had come out with "Crazy for You" at that point, and oh, yeah, yeah it was after that. It was after okay. that, so I'm I'm blanking because my mind is mush. But but anyway, that was my first um, my first concert was uh, Heart, and I was like, oh my god! And then my second one was Sticks, so it was like I was hearing amazing vocals live, and just blown away and. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought, uh, you know, that, that's kind of already what I was doing, uh, I, you know, for, for my first band when I was 12. So yeah, so I don't know if you could call me a rock star in high school, but a little bit of a rock star, you I were, guess. You were, <laughs> let me tell you, you were a rock star. You, play, you, you played in a band, you got chicks, okay? You were a rock star, my friend, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a very modest guy, but you were definitely, definitely a rock star. That's for sure. <laughs> I love sticks too, by the way. You yeah, know, I am. I am a sticks fan. Did you ever uh, perform? Did you ever perform at a band that you had high expectations for, and they turn out to be real douchebags? Because hmm. we deal with comics all the time that like we look up to or we want to work with, and then when you finally get to meet them, you're like, ugh. Oh, have I ever met anybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, I have. I in fact, I almost purposefully don't meet my heroes because of it because i just want to keep them on a pedestal like i've never met steven tyler and certainly i could have met him over the years i could have you know if i really was like focused on that but i just don't you know i i generally don't i have met some and some are great and i've met some and some aren't great you know it's shitty though isn't it yeah, yeah, but, but you know, they too might have just had a bad day, and they're just people. And yeah. life on the road is hard. Like there are sometimes on the road where I'm just like, you know, and people are like, "Mitch, Mitch," and I'm like, "I'll be back," and I just keep going, yeah, yeah. you know, right? Because I'm just so fried, and I have to get to where I'm going, and I'm already late, and it's, you know, what I mean. So, you know, sorry for the fans in the you know lobby that I didn't stop for, but, but. uh yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know. You don't know what they're going through. They might have just gotten into a fight with their wife or, you know, who knows? Very true. Sean, you yeah. know about that, right? I usually have to beat my fans off with a stick all the time, yeah. Well, I get into a, wife, a, a fight with your wife. Just before you came on, just before you came on, Sean was telling me, he gets into a fight with his wife and they're fighting for two hours. I'm like, who has the stamina to fight Oof. for two hours straight? Oh. And that is a knockout brawl. Yeah, no, I can't hang. I, it's like, I'll give up. Yeah, I'll it's quit. funny. It's funny because my little girl, she's twelve now. Like, she'll just look at me like, like, Dad, you know, like, <laughs> you're gonna lose, you know. And Sounds I'm like, and I look kid. at her like, yeah, yeah, she's right. I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I always lose. That's funny. Yeah. So, what does the future hold for you, man? Well, uh, it's it's funny you should ask because, uh, like I said, Great White's got a new DVD just out. It's called Great White Live. How'd you come up with that title? I think pure genius. Yeah, yeah. I'm surrounded by geniuses. Um, yeah, so <laughs> you're on this show. <laughs> yeah, always surrounded by geniuses. So. So uh, that's finally out now. And uh, we had a conference call just before I got on with you, with the band. And uh, we were talking about 
logistically how to orchestrate us beginning to record. So we have done a little bit of recording um, where Kendall will send me, um, like he'll send me a, a song in like guitar form and then I'll take that and learn it, record it with everything and send it back to him. You know, write the, write the vocal, write the everything, record it, play all the guitar, the bass and everything and send it back to him. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> he loves it when I do that. So there's some of that has happened. And um, we're, you know, I have written some songs by myself that I've submitted for the band that the band wants to work on and make it great white, because obviously I can't by myself be great white. Right. If I could do that, that would be amazing. Um, so we talked about that and we talked about how we're going to do some things. Uh, Audie, our, our drummer, has a, a studio in his house. So we talked about, you know, some gear changing and how we're going to fly files around. And, you know, this kind of the starting of making some music, you know, to put out. And we'll probably do like three songs, just put out three songs and then work on three more, put out three songs. And then eventually when we have a, a, an LP worth, we'll release that as an LP, press it up. And, you know, I think that's going to be how we're going to move forward. Isn't it amazing how the dynamic has changed as far as releasing music over the past 10 years? How, you know, you'd have a band, say if a band just, you know, took a hiatus for two years and you'd have to wait another two years for a record. You guys can just basically get into the studio and spend two or three days, write a song, record it, master it, produce it, and it could be out in a month. And with all the digital, with all the digital phenomenon that's going on right now, it's perfectly normal to do that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it could be out faster than that yeah. if you really, if you really have your shit together, and you know. Um, so yeah, let's hope that there's some new great white stuff coming soon. Uh, I think uh, the guys have shifted into that gear. You know, I'm always in that gear. <laughs> I live in the studio. Yeah. So, so for me, it's like, you know, so easy. Um, luckily, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's coming up. And, uh, you know, as far as solo stuff, it's like, for me, my priority is great white, but wh whatever great white doesn't want to use, I can put out by myself. So do you, have a core, do you have a core group of studio musicians that you use or you just use uh, different people for different projects? Um, I record, I do everything myself, actually. Yeah. Fucking show so, off. So, yeah. So the Making Noise record, you said you heard my therapy. That's all me. Yeah, that's great. Wow. That's you, just me. Do you play drums or you use a drum machine? I use, I program drums. I do play drums. So I, I started, that was my first instrument. So okay. I understand, I understand drums. So I program drums, but I have kind of the mind of a drummer. So that helps. Mitch, nice. if you need a drummer that can maybe keep time, I'm your man. Cool. <laughs> maybe. And I can play <laughs> drums too. As long as there's no bass drum involved. If there's a bass drum involved, I can't do it. But up top, I'm an animal. <laughs> yeah, the kick drum's difficult. It really is. It's a lot of work. Makes you sweat. <laughs>
Man, it, it's really, really super nice getting to meet you and talking with you a little bit, man. You know, really, you know, we, we wish you so much luck and success. And uh, I, I can't wait for this freaking pandemic to be over so bands can go out there touring. And if you're ever in the New York, New Jersey area, man, we'd love to see you and let, let us know, maybe come back on and promote the gigs and stuff. I mean, you know, we'd love to do anything we can to support you, Mitch. That would be great. I appreciate that. And we, we did do Atlantic City. We played a nice, a, a really beautiful uh, casino um, in Atlantic City about, uh, it was before the, the shutdown. It was in the fall, I think, or in the winter. I don't remember the name. Borgata? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Je Jeff's not a good enough comedian to play the Borgata, but I've played there for three I've weeks. Been already. at the Borgata, stupid. Oh, you're you're the worst. I, this is this is why I got that. Place. I love going on between you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, this yeah. is fun, Mitch. I real I really appreciate. I know Jeff does too. Of Thanks, course, guys. Man. Yeah, very yeah, much so. And yeah, like, what, what, uh, where can we find your stuff online? Do you have a website we can uh, direct your our fans too? MitchMalloy.com. Yeah. Very simple. MitchMalloy.com. Yeah. The, the making noise CD is there available. All my merch. I got, I have face masks, Mitch Malloy face mask. I t-shirts. and Here's koozies. a question for you, Mitch. What size t-shirts do you go up to on your website? Uh, triple XL. Like smart. You're a smart <laughs> man. And I tell yeah. this to every band. Fat yeah. guys. Sean. You're Fat guys will support merch if you make it in our size. Dude, and it's really, I do something different than most bands. I think I use really high quality t-shirts because I want people to wear the shirt. Like I want people to want to wear the shirt. I want them to look at it in their drawer and go, oh yeah, that one, because it feels good. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, so I don't use the, the crappy cotton and it's, I go for the nice shirt, so. Smart man. Yeah, if yeah. If anyone wants to buy a Jeffrey Paul t-shirt, you know, it's a Hanes t-shirt. It is a real t-shirt. It's a good He's lying. He doesn't have a t-shirt. I have <laughs> a t-shirt. I have a t-shirt. My, my symbol is it's a, it's, it's a mic with a, you know, a fist with a mic in it. And underneath it says, why me? Okay. <laughs> and, and then you can understand why me. Um, so, but this is so great, you, man. So on the other side of it, if you guys are ever down in my area on the Gulf Coast, you know, you're doing your thing. Let me know. I'll come see you. Well, that would be uh, me. That would be me, actually. It wouldn't be Jeff. Okay. Well, so he's the worst. Awesome. He is the worst. But you know, we again, man, we walking around. We do, we really do appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, man. You're you know you're 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 a really good dude. And uh, Thanks, I, I, again, you know, we we wish all appreciate the success for you. Thanks, guys. All right, we will be back next week with another episode. Thank you, Adam. Adam Holtz for uh, producing. Sean, parting words. Yes, MitchMalloy.com. Yes. Boom. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care.